Here in Orlando, Florida, O-Town Compost is leading the composting revolution, recycling organic waste into a nutrient-rich resource. Join Charlie Pioli, founder of O-Town Compost, as we hear from the nation's leading voices behind the grassroots community composting movement. Welcome to the Community Composting Podcast. If you enjoy the Community Composting Podcast and want to support future episodes, please follow the link in the episode show notes to give a small monthly reoccurring donation, even if it's $5 to $10 a month. We'll continue to come out with killer content to keep the grassroots movement rolling. Hi there, this is episode number 28 with Rent from Stop Suite, one of the most widely used apps in the community composting game. Uh, Brent himself used to be a community composter, uh, founding one of the co-founders of, the, I guess, the, the, the community composting company is called Community Composting. Or That's right. But uh, that was in Rochester, New York. Brent, how many years ago did you found Community Composting? About nine years ago, and we ran it for eight years until last year on January 1st, we sold it to our competitors slash friends, uh, Impact Earth and Rochester, and they kind of took over from there. Yeah, so you have that intricate perspective of what it's like to be a community composter and what our needs are with you know routing and customer communications um you know what was it like at your community composting company before you had a you know a really detailed routing app like stop suite so we started with um some tools that i built kind of uh diy um to be able to solve some routing problems um, and eventually that evolved into Stop Suite. It was kind of a, a long story and there are so many different iterations. Uh, but a few years ago, I said, okay, it looks like there's a real need for other community composters to have these solutions. Um, and it, I just said, okay, let's, let's dive in and see if we can build something that will serve the masses. And did you use that at your company before you really made it uh, available for other community composters? That's right. So we just used it internally. I really didn't have any aspirations from the start to build software for other folks. I was just trying to you know, solve our own immediate problems. Um, and I really went with it. I spent a wild amount of time developing it and refining it. Uh, and it all seems to feel justified now. We have about 60 community composters that are, are using the, the software. Yeah, that's a lot. And I mean, I can speak for myself, the challenges, I mean, Stop Suite is worth it just for the route optimization alone, uh, because I was doing, a, 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 it was a process to like order our stops and kind of like feel out which ones should be in which order and um you know it's just not feasible after you surpass like 50 stops so i'm sure i'm sure other composters who aren't using stop suite are probably um you know 
you pretty much have to pay for a route optimization tool any way you look at it. Uh, so all the other features in Stop Suite are pretty awesome. Can you talk about, you know, the why you developed not only route optimization, but like a, a customer service portal and, you know, all that? Absolutely. And I think this is really hitting the nail on the head and what was lacking. Um, you know, when I'm when I'm onboarding new client, I you know, we talk about what their current system is. And it's almost always some collection of third party apps. Um, but the problem is, is they don't communicate with each other. So if you're if you're doing your root optimization in one app and then you're doing, you know, uh, CRM stuff in another app and they're not talking to one another, then that means there's a poor human being who has to go and manually remove somebody from a route if they're out of town uh, or add something to a route if you need to deliver a new uh, bucket to somebody. So as, as much as we could with StopSuite, we said, okay, let's have all of our apps in one place um, so that we can have something like a customer portal. So a customer can come in, they can take themselves off of a route without having to contact anybody on the administrative side. And then we're saving a world of time just sitting in front of a computer because you know the computer can do it for us. Yeah, I love how the reminder texts and emails to our subscribers communicate with the, you know, the, the stop suite, you know, dashboard. So when a customer gets a reminder text and they're like, oh, wait, I'm not even in town right now, you can just reply skip to the text message and it will automatically take them off the route. And the way I was doing that previously was I'd I had to write myself so many notes. Like, I think I had sticky notes all over my desk from, you know, just all the simple requests to like skip me or drop off some serviceware. So yeah, it's pretty holistic uh, stop suite. Thank you. Yeah, we, when we turned that text message reminder feature on with that reply skip, um, it really changed uh, changed our routes a lot. Our, our, our customers in, in Rochester, we had about 1200 customers. And by the end of it, about 10% of every route people would skip because they're out of town or they just didn't need service for whatever reason. But before we had the text reminder system, they just wouldn't skip. We'd go to their house, we'd mark the bin as empty, and it was a lot of wasted time. And there's still a little bit of that. You can't avoid all of it. But that consistent 10% allowed me to create a route that was 10% larger because I knew that I could count on 10% of the route to kind of take themselves off uh, them, you know, from the text message. Right. And just so we're clear, Stop Suite is like kind of the customer, it, it's kind of like the thing you, you know, your dispatcher uses on their desktop. Different from that is Stop Checker, which is actually the driver's app. What are some of the biggest headaches that drivers experience and how did you make that in a more efficient process for drivers? Well, I, um, I really put myself in the driver position the first, you know, four years of community composting. I was a daily driver. And then after that, I was 
kind of filling in as needed, but um, you would do a route. And if, and if you don't have the data that you need, it's very frustrating. If you don't have a route that's pre-optimized, it's very frustrating to try to think on your feet. So the goal of the app was um, one, to give the data to the driver in a way that walks them through their entire day. So that's gonna include clocking in if you're doing timesheets, a pre-trip inspection, uh, an odometer reading, you know, reviewing whatever products or bins you might be delivering for that day, seeing your whole route ahead of time. And then it's just gonna walk you through each, each of those items and all of the stops one by one so that the driver can just focus on driving, being safe, and not have the stress of where do I go next? Do I, you know, do I need to like turn around and, and, and figure all this stuff out on the fly? For me, once we got that worked out, I felt really comfortable just like, okay, I submit one, I'm going to the next one and I can trust that the system's going to do it in the, the most efficient way. And what if the driver, you know, has service where to, de to deliver or, you know, they're serving like an office building where, you know, it, there's all these details to include and relay to the driver. Um, you know, how do you handle that? How does Stop Checker handle that? So it's fully integrated into StopSuite and the customer portal. So, you know, there are a number of ways that uh, we can handle special information on particular stops. Um, one is just driver notes. So when a customer signs up, they can say, you know, if they're in a special apartment building that has a gate code to get in, or if their bin is kind of behind a you know, garage or something like that. We can put custom notes that are sticky on their location for the driver. And then if we're delivering something as a one-time event, we use something called driver actions to do that. And driver actions are super versatile because first, we don't have to create them. We can have the customers create them when they sign up and need a new bin or when they purchase something from the customer portal shop. It just automatically shows up on their next route as a driver action. So the driver opens that stop just as normal, but if there's something special, they'll see that driver action there. It'll say, hey, you need to deliver this bin. They mark it as complete. Yeah, that also in the background- can't move forward on their route unless they mark it something. That's right. They can mark it as incomplete if for some reason it didn't work out, but they do have to at least acknowledge it and, and go on from there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's a great uh, thing to have, like if you're delivering compostable liners or serviceware, you know, driver's notes, so it'll pop up like the gate code if you're servicing a customer in a, you know, a community. Um, so, you know, stop checker is pretty ideal for residential routes, but you know, what would you say about its capacity to handle commercial routes? I'd say it's just as good. It's the same concept. Um, you know, Stop Suite supports both residential and commercial uh, in the same system. Uh, for example, we could have on the same route one customer with, you, you know, 20, 32-gallon bins uh, that we service. And then the next stop is a one five-gallon bin 
And we can record things like um, number of bins serviced and weight uh, and kind of specialize it for that particular customer. On the back end, it's flexible as well that, that we can choose whether or not we want to give that customer portal access. We can show commercial customers special products in the shop that aren't available to residential customers if needed. Um, it's a nice hybrid of we have the ability to manually create things for our customers, which is common for commercial ones, or we can have the system automate everything for us, uh, which is really handy for the residential side of things. Yeah, and I think recording weight um, right there on the route is a lot better than you know hauling everything back to your compost site and then you weigh it all there. Like I would rather just take care of it at the stop. Um, and you know you can even have like a scale in your your van or your truck and just weigh the bucket right there, subtract the one pound tear weight and enter it right into the app and it will aggregate as the route goes. Um, you can like, admittedly, O-Town Compost, we ballpark the weights for the five gallon buckets. You know, we've weighed enough of them that our estimates are always within one or two pounds. So. I think that was one of my big questions before I signed on for stop, uh, stop suite. But yeah, so, you know, how there's still some like ability to customize your routes in stop suite, you know, where you're placing the stops and how to define your service areas. And this is something that I constantly do. Maybe every few months, I'll look at our service area maps and try to like, you know, marry up close stops, make sure that there's no like boundary, service area boundary that's dividing the stops if they're close and convenient to each other. So like stop suite is also, you know, allows you to, adjust and customize your your routes um, do you have any advice for community composters like how to make the most efficient route absolutely so um you know there first just to talk on the autom uh, automation versus the kind of manual customization for routes that was totally by design i i wanted to have a fully automatic way to do it so that your routes prep themselves they auto optimize customers sign themselves up they get added to the routes through the service area module uh, and you can just streamline that whole process um, but i also know that there are so many exceptions to the rules and weather changes employees come and go we need to move things around so i also built tools that we can take um, a single route split it into two we can drag and drop stops exactly where we want them to go. We don't have to rely on the auto optimization. You can select subsections and reverse them or move them in bulk. Uh, you can even transfer some stops from one route to another to make that, uh, you know, whatever kind of accommodation you need to based on your own scenario. Uh, so uh, my, my real recommendation is keep it simple as much as you possibly can. And, and that's, I think everybody believes that they do that 
but there are um, plenty of times where you're trying so hard to uh, accommodate for your customers and really bending, bending over backwards to try to make exactly the right services and options for them when really we should, we should always think of that, of course, but if there is a way to make one option instead of two slightly different options, go with the one option. Um, try to make your pricing simple and obvious. If you make too much, too many offerings, it gets overwhelming, both for the customer signing up as well as for the uh, everyone managing and trying to keep track of all these different plans. Um, and that goes for setting up your, your business model and um, the way that you facilitate the service as well. Try to find ways that are simple and obvious and um, uh, I guess don't over-program yourself so that you have too much to keep track of. Right. And you, you said that you have 60 community composters using Stop Suite. Do you have any other types of customers who are not community composters? Yes, um, I have some that are hybrid. So they do composting, but they also will pick up like glass recycling. Um, I have a company in Colorado that's picking up hard to recycle items. Um, which is very cool. So that would be like, you know, used TVs or old light bulbs or batteries and all these kind of things that, you know, people don't know what to do with and sadly end up throwing it in their trash can where it really doesn't belong. Now we can have a system where, uh, you know, they come out and pick up. I, I've seen this as a trend too, and I absolutely love it. I, I kind of think back to the 80s when recycling started to become mainstream. I mean, I was born in 84, so I'm just kind of recalling <laughs> historically, I don't really remember it very well. Uh, but I think, you know, food scraps collection, community composting is like, uh, is like a rebirth, so a, a new tier of, um, of home recycling that, that really needs to be taught and encouraged. Um, so I'm, I'm so excited that StopSuite exists because it means that that service is starting to become mainstream. Um, 10 years ago when we started, uh, I would talk to people and, you know, it was kind of hit or miss. You mentioned composting and maybe somebody had a loose idea of what that meant, but a lot of people were just like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. What is that? What do we do? How do we do that? Um, so solving those problems, making it mainstream, building this app and, and kind of diving into this big community has been, uh, really opening and really exciting. Yeah, I would love to know like the aggregate data of all of us community composters combined, like how many stops are, you know, in how many people are composting in the country from, you know, who are using Stop Suite. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want to release that, but that would be really fascinating. Yeah, I've thought about that. Of course, we'd have to, you know, get everyone's permission to do that, but it could just be a setting in there. Um, I, I've definitely thought about pulling our resources together. We're, we're certainly large enough now that we could, you know, scratch each other's back a little bit by having a, another kind of like um, statistics portal or a generic onboarding place where anybody from the country could find composters nearby, learn about composting in a, in a kind of a organic way. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it is, a, it is a cool idea. And, you know, Stop Sweet, we've got 60 or so clients, but I, I don't know the exact number. I would guess there's well over 500, maybe even 1,000 community composters in the country right now. Yeah, and I think a lot of community composters who aren't using Stop Sweet is due to the price. So you can you mention how much it costs? Because I'm sure that's a big question for our listeners. That is, and we didn't really publish that on our website, um, although I, I think we could now. I, I don't see the, the downside. We've really standardized our pricing um, recently, and um, it's, it's pretty much the same across the board. So I'll just spell it all out here. Um, there are two fees when you get started. One is the onboarding fee. It ranges, um, y- you know, at the very minimum, it would be a $250 fee. And that's really if you have no customers to migrate and you're really just getting started. And it kind of goes up from there depending on the size and complexity of your operation. And that variable is just to accommodate the migration part of it. So I'll write custom scripts. I'll work with the, the client to get all that in, in the stop suite system um, in an efficient way. And then we just kind of build on that with training. Uh, the second fee is a license fee, so it's a monthly fee. It's $250 a month and uh, $0.06 cents per stop billed monthly as well. I'm also yeah. offering a $100 a month discount if you have fewer than 100 active customers, uh, which is a nice little break uh, when you're just getting started and, and that and 250 really kind of hurts every, every month. We were like a lot of community composters using Moonclerk prior and it was a pretty easy migration from Moonclerk over to Stop Suite. Um, and now Moonclerk's prices have gone up. So, you know, it's not too much of a difference financially anymore. But I like Moonclerk. I think I even recommend folks who are getting started and aren't quite ready to pull the trigger with Stop Suite yet to use Moonclerk because the transition into Stop Suite is so easy since Moonclerk uses Stripe subscriptions natively, just like we do. Yeah, yeah. And I know in, um, in Austin, um, a lot of community composters are you know, asking you how to do commercial billing using Stripe and ThoughtSuite. So, you know, if you haven't uh, seen that already on the listserv, the community composting listserv, definitely uh, look that up and be part of that meeting discussion that Brent is hosting. Um, To be honest, we do our commercial billing like through our uh, accounting uh, software, Wave. And, uh, you know, we just, a lot, we get, we get a lot of checks in the mail rather than doing it through Stripe. But, um, you know, I, I definitely want to listen to what you have to say in that meeting. We won't talk about it right now, but... Yeah, it's an exciting thing. It's it's a, a interesting problem to have too because um, you know everybody has different needs. There's also what's considered industry standard for invoicing, um, you know, vendors, and we are vendors to large companies. So it's often the case if we're servicing a big client like uh, 
food line or Publix, so you have Publix during there in Florida, <laughs> right. um, that they want to do some kind of very traditional net 30 terms where you send them an invoice and they send you back a check. Um, right. I, I, of course, we're all less excited about that because that means we have to process checks, find invoice, issue um, invoices. And, and I don't know, I find and... getting a check in the mail pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. There, that's the silver lining, I suppose. Yeah. Um, automating that system is, is a little trickier. Um, also, we have different invoicing styles. So some people will do based on services rendered and some people do a flat fee. Um, and that's part of that keep it simple philosophy. If you can do a flat fee, do a flat fee, try to find that average uh, and make it work out. Uh, you can do it the other way in services rendered too. That just means you've got to you know, spend more time processing invoices and keeping track of it. And services rendered is basically like charging per bin collected. You know, You might get to the your customer and they have three 32 gallon totes, but only one of them contains food scraps. So, you know, that that's what Brent means. Exactly. Um, exactly. As you start to take on more food scraps, you realize very quickly that you need a better composting system to process the material. This is why I highly recommend the aerated static pile micro bin designed and made easy by O2 compost. In 60 days, I have finished compost without putting in the labor of turning the pile. The piles heat up to over 140 degrees, killing pathogens, weed seeds, and fly larvae, making the end product safe to use in the garden. With 32 plus years of experience in the compost industry, Peter Moon, owner of O2 Compost, is a leading expert in the field of ASP composting. I encourage you to set up a free half an hour consultation with Peter Moon by going to his website, www.o2compost.com. That's the letter O, the number two, compost.com. If you mentioned that you heard about O2 Compost on this podcast, you'll receive a 10% discount on the purchase of the Microbin Compost Training Program. So I was curious, you probably have more insight uh, about how commercial haulers like waste management republic how did they do their routing software and you know do you have any ideas well, i don't know uh, officially but i would suspect that they have their own internal teams um and maybe they outsource that but it would be a proprietary software that i'm sure that they've figured out they're multinational companies with billions of dollars so i'm sure that's not too much of a challenge for them but i mean like how like you know, you see their trucks out very early in the morning doing commercial pickups. And I mean, are they running like all over town or I just am in awe by like the the scale. I mean, I, I hate that they're garbage collectors, but I just wonder if there's any industry tricks that us community composters can take from how they um, put together their routes. Yeah, I, well, I think that part of StopSuite is that solution. You know, I think of StopSuite as kind of uh, enterprise level tools that since we're all running on the same platform, we can double down on our resources and really build something that would otherwise only be available to a really large company like Waste Management. Uh, so that feels like first getting these tools in place so that we can optimize our routes um, faster and better. 
uh, is, is the real thing. There's also some ways that I think we're doing a better job. When you look at the customer support side of, you know, um, uh, waste management or Casella or, or all of these uh, recycling and waste haulers that are out there, it doesn't matter if they're local or huge. Um, it's yeah. it's very kind of like stuck in their ways. Um, I, I you wouldn't ever get a confirmation in real time when your bin gets serviced, uh, no. for example. No, you, you wouldn't get a reminder it. the day before. You wouldn't get a text saying, "Hey, you're you know the the it's been shifted because of weather, because of a holiday." Um, yeah, it's just everything's kind of point. like implied. Yeah, you make a great point. I mean, I had a friend who worked for a college's billing department a local college and they did a like a waste audit on all the containers around campus and they found that you know the hauler was overcharging them just being very inconsistent with their invoices and i think that's probably way more common than most large organizations or even small ones who you know then they would like to think that that's pretty common and uh, yeah, it's just, it, I think Stop Check, Stop Sweet does um, a lot better at, you know, holding us, the community composters, um, accountable for not missing pickups. There's even like a little missed pickup report. The customers can log into their customer portal, select that, and we get an instant email if, you know, we missed a pickup, which never happens but you know just in case it makes <laughs> people feel good and usually if someone's filling out a missed pickup report it's because they left their bucket out and someone stole it like or it was mistaken for trash and someone picked it up or they put it out too late yeah 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 but um, I will mention like that uh, the stop checker, the driver's app is linked with a third party navigation software like the GPS. And, you know, it's a little wonky at first because it sometimes overshoots the, the address by a couple houses or, you know, it doesn't. Um, you know, I wouldn't say it's as good as like Google Maps, but after our drivers get the hang of the route after like their first week, you know, it, it doesn't really make a difference. So I just wanted to mention the one uh, thing that, you know, people might be asking, like, what are some of the drawbacks? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a common one, actually. Um, and it's a uh... Uh, it's once you understand the nuance of it, you realize what's happening. So for those who are listening and have no idea what we're talking about, there's a button in stops checker when you're going to uh, your next stop where you can switch over to turn by turn navigation using Google Maps or, or Waze or, or really any turn by turn navigation app you have on your device. And to use that, we send we don't send the address to that third party Google navigation. We send the GPS coordinates. So then Google says, okay, well, I'm going to try to figure out what's at that latitude and longitude. And sometimes it gets it wrong and it'll be a house off or something like that. And then it'll display the wrong house number. But once you kind of learn that you can't trust Google navigation for the right house number, you've got to go back into stop checker where you're going anyway to complete that stop. Uh, that's where you confirm the right address right. number. Like you actually got to look at the address and find it on the house 
um, which is, yeah, again, after the first week, you know, it's not a big deal. But I wanted to ask you about any, the evolution of Stop Suite and do you have any new additions in the pipeline or things that you're looking to implement? Yes, always. Um, we've been pushing a lot of um, subtle changes. We get feature requests almost every day. Um, some of them are no brainers. Yes, let's do that. And we can just uh, push those live. Uh, and others are a little more involved. Some aren't possible. Some of the big ones coming up, uh, we have a, a new shop coming, which I'm really excited about. Um, I'm working on it just about every day. It is a way that we can sell products uh, to subscribers and non-subscribers alike uh, and have them automatically set for, for dispatch. So I'm not a customer of yours, but I can still go onto your site, order something, and then I'll have it delivered automatically as if I were an active customer, as long as I'm inside of that service area. Wow. Because yeah, that's actually us right now is we're only delivering serviceware or compost to people, our subscribers, because we don't want to have to go through the hassle of manually adding a stop in the middle of, you know, this clean route that was automatically prepped, you know, so that would be huge. That would be awesome. Yeah, it's also part of this kind of big picture of diversifying the tools available for local haulers. I'm really excited to be able to say, hey, we're picking up your compost, which is one, uh, you know, um, a carbon neutral event when you take into effect methane carbon equivalency statistics. Um, and uh, two, if we can also, without adding any more time to your routes, deliver products to your existing customers and neighbors in, a, in an automated way, then I feel like that's really diversifying the power of this, this app. Uh, and um, uh, I don't know, I think it really makes for a, a cool, locally driven uh, delivery system that doesn't exist anywhere as far as as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, what about some other ones that you're pondering? So another another um, thing to look forward to this year is a, a new version of the Stop Checker app. Um, I've got a few new features that I'm really excited about putting in there. Um, for example, I want to make it possible so that drivers can take photos of locations. They can already take photos on stops and add them to stops, but I want to be able to take a photo of the front of the building and attach it to that location um, so that it's sticky. That way, if you have a substitute driver coming in, we can see the image of the house when we're on the way, um, you know, that I kind of thing. was just experiencing that uh, something, like we just added this new office client and I asked for like, the directions and aerial view of how we access the loading dock where we, you know, access the building. And um, she sent me like a picture and I'm like, ah, dang, if only I could just like link this picture to the driver's notes. Rather, I had to kind of describe it in my own words. Like, you know, the loading dock is down the alley off of the road look for the, you know, sky bridge was what I said, but yeah, that would, that would be a, 
that's like a no-brainer yeah <laughs> yeah uh, yeah pictures worth a thousand words uh literally when you're trying to type it out there so i think that'll be really handy another number of other little subtle improvements and in, in, including just kind of a, a rework of the the styling of it all um you know i've gotten a lot of good feedback from from folks and uh i don't know it's exciting to go in there and uh and freshen everything up add these new features uh fix tiny little bugs here and there um other plans uh you know we've got some um uh some ideas to um rework how the onboarding functions for new customers um one uh critique that i've gotten which i i agree with is the barrier to entry for sign up is too great if you go to a sign up form you have to fill out a lot of information before you're able to select your plan and go on from there so yeah. my my goal is and i've started on this as well to create these uh, embeddable sign-up options that are tied to a particular plan. And then we can, we can use the same system to onboard customers, but it's a plan first thing. So I'm a customer, I would come to your website, I would see what plan I want, I would select that, a little pop-up would come up, I would enter my address and go through the process with my plan kind of pre-selected. And you know, if I enter my address later, I'll say, well, I'm sorry, you can't sign up for this plan because you're outside of the service area. And if you're inside of the service area, then oh, great, we can keep on moving forward and, and gather all of your data and move, move from there. But the big goal is reduce the barrier for entry. By just making the sign-up form shorter? Well, by making the sign-up form, um, shorter and uh, embeddable into your website and selecting the plan first rather than entering your address first to find the plan. Oh, I see. Because yeah, currently there's like a search bar where you enter in your address. And then if you're in the service area, then you select your plan. So you would be reversing that and selecting plan first. That That's way, right. and the potential subscribers could be like, you know, they know what they're getting into. I, I like that. I think that's a good idea. It's a little more status quo. Um, I mean, there's a good reason I did the, the uh, enter your address first um, before, um, but there is a workaround that's pretty clean. And uh, I, I think that that'll increase the number of signups that we get and just kind of feel more slick in general. Yeah. And I wanted to mention like pre how customers can pre-register in a service area that you're not yet servicing. Like uh, if you go back to episode number 16, my interview with Matt of Field Culture Compost, before he really expanded his boundaries of where he was servicing, he put down, um, you know, the uh, potential route, a new route, and people could go to his website and pre-register with their emails um, in that, that service area that wasn't, he wasn't yet servicing. And this like, you know, allows you to see uh, more, of, more of a commitment out of people before you're willing to take that plunge and open up a new route. If you go to O-Town Compost website right now, you can see we have a couple pre-service pre-registered areas um, in the far south and far west of our 
current service area. So I do like that um, because it gives you that commitment out of people because traditionally, like, you know, everyone and their grandmother will say they're interested in service and they'll tell you to get out there. But as soon as you open the route, you might only get like 20% of people really signing up. So yeah, exactly. Uh, we did the same thing when we first started. We wanted to gain interest. You can also use it as a motivator to help, you know, folks in certain neighborhoods communicate with other people in the neighborhood to say, hey, let's bring a composting service to us. All you need to do is pre-register. Um, I think that's a really powerful component. And you're right. You, you know, this business is um, it only really works if you have some level of route density. And at some point you have to pull the trigger and getting a bunch of pre-signups first is the, the way to go. Yeah. Like you can be like, once we get 25 signups, we'll open up the route. So yeah, it gives people something to work to. And right now in our Lake Nona, that's a neighborhood of Orlando, um, we have like about a dozen people pre-registered, but you know that means 13 more people to go before we hit that 25 number. Uh, number and we actually open up the route. But yeah, Brent, thank you so much. I I think that Stop Suite is definitely the answer uh, for a lot of community composters out there. And you know, I hope I think your prices are pretty reasonable. So if I was a community composter who was really taking it seriously I, I would definitely sign up and just it, it'll save you so much headache um but yeah keep doing what you're doing and keep evolving stop sweet uh with all these new features which are really cool thank you so much it was such a pleasure to be a part of the podcast and um yeah i, I suppose until next time charlie all right take care Take care. Bye-bye. Please rate and review on whichever podcast platform you're listening to. If you feel like this is good content and you're learning a lot about composting.